I'm Jim McConnell. I'm Andy Sharavsky. Welcome to I've Got One. This is day two of our quarantine episodes where we're reviving this podcast to use it to call our friends and hopefully, you know, kind of get through this uh, downtime lock-in together. Yeah, it's Monday, March 23rd, which we had to look up because we're at the point in quarantine where we don't remember what day or date mm-hmm. it is. Uh, Jim, how are you feeling today? I'm doing all right. I'm sort of in that place where the mornings are starting real slow, where I'm kind of like getting into a phone hole and like looking up stories and articles before I get out of bed. And I'm like, should I even get up? Yeah, <laughs> I I reached a part. I'm sure this isn't my final breaking point, but I reached a little bit of a breaking point yesterday where like the fear started to set in. And you made the point that like it sort of feels a little bit like waking up in the morning. You're like, oh, crap, that wasn't a nightmare. Like this is still what we're all dealing with. But we're about to have, I think, a very fun conversation with uh, Michael Jordan and Abby Vaderat, which are two friends of ours who live in LA. They're both actors and writers out there, so we're excited to give them a call. live in Chicago <laughs> from St. Louis originally <laughs> and out here performing comedy. My name is Michael Jordan. Um, you can find me online as Michael Shepard Jordan. Uh, I too used to live in Chicago and have lived out here in LA. We moved out here together about a year and a half ago, almost a mm-hmm. little bit more than that. Yeah. So we're coming up on two years in Los Angeles, but spent a long time in Chicago in the improv community there before we moved out here. You are both actors. How is how is that going right now? I think it would be interesting to just know like how how it is like auditioning for things and being an actor in LA during this this time. It's definitely weird auditioning for things that you don't know when are gonna happen. They're like <laughs> potentially shoot in May. And you're like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so that's been interesting. Yeah, the whole like, so the whole industry out here shut down. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, probably about a week ago, I think CBS was the first network to really just halt production on all of its shows, and then everybody else followed. Mm-hmm. So that means like, Everybody's affected. So like lighting guys, grips, like sound people, they all got fired from their show that they were on. Mm. Um, And then that kind of filtered down to like, so they're not hiring anybody. So there's no really auditions going on. If you do get auditions, they're all Mm self-tape auditions. So it's just like a lot of auditioning in your apartment and emailing it off. And then, yeah, like Abby said, all of these auditions, the few that are coming in are just like, we hope in May, but TBD, we'll find out. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of up in the air right now. And that's both commercially and like theatrically across the board. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, yeah, I mean, that makes sense, but having to like send off a self tape into the ether at at any time when you're an actor is already a little bit like, hope anybody watches this. And then, to know that it's going to a project that like they have no idea when 
it's yeah. even happening. That's, that's, yeah, that's disheartening for sure. On top of like, people, everybody is home. So everybody has time to send in their self tape. Oh yeah, that's true. Oh, so that's a good point. Competing with probably twice as many people than you normally do, which is already a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Can you just explain that process? Like when it, when it has worked for you? Cause that is kind of interesting to people that it's all kind of self tape based. Yeah. Basically here's how it works. There's three casting websites. There's actors access, there's casting networks, um, which is the LA specific one for that is LA casting. And then there's a website called casting frontier. And that's kind of where all the breakdowns come. So either you submit or your rep, your representation submits you. Then generally you'll get a request for a self tape. You self tape, you upload it directly into whatever that website is. And then you kind of wait and like generally you'll hear back of like, Hey, we want to have you come in for a callback on this day. Um, and then you go to that callback and hopefully you get booked. You'll crush it. <laughs> well, I saw you on, I was watching Hulu. I was like, you know, eating some chips. And I was like, I was like, Jim, Jim, get in here. MJ's on the, MJ's on the TV. <laughs> yeah. All over Hulu. I haven't, it, it's so funny about all those things. It's like my friends see those, and but I never do. Yeah. I never see anything that I'm in. But. Was it the storage one? Yes, it was the storage one. Clutter. Clutter was a fun one. Yeah. yeah. And Abby, I saw you viral on TikTok with um, that, uh, was it Tones and I video? Is that what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you guys are making things That's happen. Cool. <laughs> We're trying. <laughs> <laughs> Doing the best we can. Yeah. TikTok's a whole new world, man. In LA, for actors, is that starting to become a thing that like people and agencies are like looking into creating TikTok content? I mean, as much as it sucks, it is it is a thing that people look at. My reps have my social media followers, like my numbers beside my headshot on their pages oh on their God. website. Yeah, it's a thing. And it's and it used to annoy me a lot, and I used to get really annoyed of like Oh, you just need like 10,000 followers and then you get to do stuff and it's blah, 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 blah. I used to get real mad about it. And then the longer I've lived out here, the more I realized all it is, is if you want to be an actor, your Instagram page and therefore your TikTok and whatever else you're using, or if you're a writer, Twitter, that's just your free form of advertising. That's all it is. Hmm. That's your that's your avenue to advertise yourself as an artist. And if you start thinking about it that way, then it becomes a little less like it gives you a goal to like, okay, well, I'm going to start focusing on this. So I want to produce this type of content. I'm going to try and post this. I'm going to try and do it on a schedule. And the more I do it on the schedule, the more people will follow me. And then it kind of steamrolls from there. That's really smart. That's like a very smart way to think about it. Because I just I remember years ago, like when I first moved to Chicago, finding out that people were getting hired for like, you know, late night writing jobs based on their Twitter. And I was like, Oh, no, now I got to be on Twitter. And it really stressed me out. And I like I did it for a couple of years. And now I look at those tweets. And I'm like, God, this was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried to use 
social media over the years and like tried to kind of use it like you're talking about like oh like use it as a brand building thing for learn for video or whatever and it's just hard for me to like find that content to post but I do remember a time when I was like in Chicago just starting comedy where I was walking around in coffee shops like what's funny here can I post it on Twitter yeah yeah <laughs> like just you, gotta- you know oh there's a dog across the street is that funny <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, it becomes your, it consumes your thoughts. And then you're like, well, well, I'm totally not living. That's how it was for me with um, putting my stuff out there. Um, Just was, yeah, with social media in general. I think, I don't know. I was, I remember like having a conversation with somebody one time and they're like, well, if they don't see you live, then they don't get to see you. And I was like, yeah. (laughs) Stuck with that for like some, you know, like those weird limiting beliefs that you hold on to for no reason for a long time. Um, Mm. (laughs) So that was one of mine, definitely. Well, yeah, but it was like different. Even a few years ago, like that, I feel like that was more the tone of things was like save your best stuff to invite like an agent to live. And like now it's, I mean, especially right now, but in general now it's like, I feel like it's very different. And like, Abby, what you do is such a perfect thing for digital mediums because you do all those amazing characters. Thank you. That, that means a lot. It really does. I loved your, um, was it (laughs) Pippi Mayhaven? Is that her name? (laughs) Yeah. Pippi Mayhaven is a original character that stemmed from working in the restaurant industry for a couple years in Chicago and she's basically just that person that is the worst at restaurants <laughs> where she asks for things that aren't that almost don't exist, you know, uh, a burger bowl, she really wants a burger bowl, <laughs> like she wants which is just a hamburger in a bowl. Yeah. <laughs> she wants TGI Fridays mac and cheese bites at a restaurant that doesn't that is that's not, not TGI Fridays. <laughs> How are you filling your time now between self-tapes and like what are you doing to sort of cope and like how are you feeling? I have tried to keep a somewhat consistent schedule. Um, The other thing about I've been really lucky um, out here in L.A. and that I for the year and a half that I've been here, I haven't had like a nine to five job which is really nice. I mostly work on the weekends and stuff. Um, So what I would do normally during the day is like I'll wake up, set an alarm, get up at a certain time, do like my little morning routine. I like morning yoga and then meditation and then I'll journal and then uh, I will keep hours. And right now I'm working on a pilot and a spec script. Do you find it difficult now to work on stuff given the circumstances? Like, are you lacking in motivation or how's that going? No, I don't think I'm lacking motivation on it. I think these things, the one thing, the one good thing about this is that because I can't go anywhere, it's forcing me to like, look at these projects that I've kind of had on the back burner for a while. Whereas if I could go outside and do other things, I might be going to auditions Mm -hmm. two or three in the day and it doesn't allow me to sit down and write where this is allowing me to really kind of like focus in on something of like, okay, I'm going to finish this. It's been sitting here for six months. It's time to sit down and finish. And so I just sit down and finish it. And it's nice to have like Abby and then our two roommates we live with are both writers. So it's like, 
we can kind of kick around ideas a little bit and then yeah try and get it done that's like my 2020 quarantine goals (laughs) (laughs) and abby how are you doing what are you up to how are you feeling i try to i don't know i've really been working like in flow lately where I'm not forcing myself to sit down and do something. I'm just doing it when the creativity hits Mm -hmm. and when inspiration arises. And I've just found myself just really being in the moment with my creativity as opposed to like, I have to do, I have to do something or I need to put this content out there or, you know, something like that, um, which I've, done in the past and it's just you just get stuck or something blocks you I feel like if when I work like that I'm struggling with that just because like before this like this year like a big goal of mine was to like get a lot better at like piano and music theory because we've been writing songs together and stuff like that for big big fan of one song oh thank you you. so yeah Yeah. like a big part of it was like I got to get on the level of being able to do this even easier I've never really been a music theory person, piano person. Now with the coronavirus, I'm like, I was already like trying to practice and stuff every day. But when you're like learning something or like want to get good at something and you have all this time, I just feel this weird sort of pressure or guilt of like, this is the time. This has been given to me as the time to get, become a virtuoso. And and I can't bring myself (laughs) to fucking sit down and do it sometimes lately. (laughs) Right. We've been like kind of asking everyone to... Or everyone. I'm gonna, let me rephrase that. <laughs> Day two. Day two. We've been asking people, or we want to ask people, sort of to tell a little story or leave something, leave us off with something fun. You, have, you two have been generally very positive more than me <laughs> in general. But uh, I was thinking, do you have any sort of Hollywood actor stories since you went out there that are just like goofy, like audition scenarios or people you ran into? I'll tell this. It's the most the most concentrated celebrity place that I've ever been so far is this past year I got hired to cater Seth MacFarlane's Christmas party. Mm. Yeah, which was huge. It's a huge party. It was in his house in the hills. They had a giant tent in his backyard. He had a full-on orchestra. He was singing like standards, like crooner standards the whole time. <laughs> At his own party? At his own party. Yeah, man. He basically threw a concert for himself. (laughs) Uh, But it was great. I mean, and in terms of like celebrity sightings, I saw DiCaprio walk out. I saw like half the cast of Riverdale. Um, Quincy Jones was there. Tate Diggs was there. I don't know. And you, you just walk around and like give these people tiny little sandwiches. <laughs> like, and then float away. While Seth MacFarlane <laughs> sings Bing Crosby. While Seth MacFarlane sings Bing Crosby and whatever originals he's got. I think he's got a couple albums Ooh, out. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know His that. Christmas albums. Yeah. They're really good, actually. I mean, he's good. <laughs> yeah. He's oh, good. he's got he's a beautiful a voice. That's true. Yeah. yeah. me the biggest transition about LA to Chicago is it's just and I didn't believe this until I moved out here but it's just so much harder to be social out here as opposed to Chicago like I think because in Chicago it's it's very much like okay you're performing probably at least once or 
more twice or whatever a week. And if nothing else, like maybe you'll just go down to the annoyance and just like you'll see a bunch of people just hanging out in the bar or like you're at I.O. and you see all these people. And that just doesn't happen out here. It's just there's not like a spot that people go to and just kind of hang out. And that's mainly because none of these theaters have bars, which is weird. Hmm. But like so nobody can like hang out at UCB. Nobody can hang out at Second City. Nobody can hang out at Groundlings. So there's not like a place to do that. So you have to like create that stuff for yourself. And it's it's tough. So I think what I miss the most about Chicago is not only the people and all the friends and stuff, um, but the ease with which you saw people and interacted with people uh, is just not the same out here. And it took a while and it was I'm not going to lie. It was depressing for like the first year. It was very, the first year's hard and it was depressing, especially when you're working from home and you're not essentially, and you're not leaving. So like you leave to go to an audition and then come back, but then you just kind of hang out in your apartment and wait for the next thing to come. So in a way, moving out to LA has geared us up for this quarantine. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, we were talking to Lisa Burton yesterday, and she said being on a cruise ship with Second City actually was a good primer for for quarantine life because it's it's pretty yeah. similar. So, oh, uh, the other thing that came to mind when you asked about the funny story was so like the first couple months that I lived here, I did birthday parties um, yeah. as a a princess, and I had done that work before in Chicago, but the it was different. It was like 300 kids and we, there was all the princesses and we were in these elaborate, beautiful, expensive costumes. I wore like a $1,200 fin for Ariel. Oh my God. And then I move out here and I'm like, I found something and I applied and I got it. And (laughs) it was very different. It was basically glorified babysitting, and I would show up to these houses, and half the time I was a clown, not even a princess. Oh, no. Um, And then when I was a princess, the costume was so, so, so bad that it was embarrassing. Like, I I remember I put on my Elsa wig, and um, our roommates have two dogs, and our dog was... Ripley was like, like she hated the wig so bad. And then I show up to the party. It was at a park. And from far away, I was still really far away. I hear this guy go, look at that wig. Oh, (laughs) Oh, man. So that was that was the time um, that, you know, you look back fondly. That seems so it seems so ago. long ago. Yeah, like you were essentially a birthday party clown, and I would drive you in our broken down car that would stall on the freeway. I feel like yeah. the sweet story of like you driving Abby dressed as a clown in your broken down car is like the exact story you hear like when someone has like truly made it and they're super, super famous and like they're on Terry Gross. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like my entire life is just those lead up stories. <laughs> And I'm like, I could tell all these stories about annoying hardships. I got 30 years of really great 
just about to be famous. When Mark Marin sits me down. I remember when I was little, I would practice being on Rosie McDonald's show and I'd push balls and I'd like push ball to myself in the mirror. That's I love that you call her Rosie McDonald. Rosie O'Donnell. I was going to say something, but I chose to. Oh, Rosie McDonald. <laughs> Had a show. I think I want fries. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you both so much. Yeah, thank you so much for having you. us. Yeah, this has been so fun. Good luck with, uh, you know, staying alive, I guess. You too. <laughs> you too. You too. Uh, we'll check in if there, if we need a, another LA correspondence. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Us up. We'll give you updates on whatever's going on out here. Thanks so much for listening and thank you so much to Abby and Michael for talking to us today. Uh, if you're interested in talking to us, we are going to be doing this every day for the foreseeable future. So you can send us an email at I've got one podcast at gmail.com and we can have a little conversation. Subscribe to I've got one wherever you get your podcasts and let your friends know that we're doing this and that we'll be here. <laughs>